0: You are listening to the Impact Church Podcast. To learn more about Impact Church, visit us online at impactharlem.org. You can also check us out on social media. Amen. Amen. Hey, I love these. I love these stories um, because they're just authentic. These are real life stories of real people here at Impact Church. And man, it's exciting to me just to to see how God is working. It's exciting to me to see how the the Spirit continues to move in this church, not just in this church, but through this church, And as we're going to talk about this morning, also to the church. He has a mission through us, but he also has a mission for us. And, And I really want us to dive into what it looks like to take our next steps, but what I I really want you to understand is that church can be messy. How many of you have have realized that in your lifetime, that church can just be pretty messy? And man, there's nothing I can say to you to try to prove that otherwise, because that's the truth, that church can be messy. And I love the fact that we see that April left the church, but then she found her way back to the church, because there's just something about community that that changes your life. There's something about being around other believers, other imperfect people trying to take steps of faith together that just does something to your life. It changes it completely. And if you don't know about community, man, I want to encourage you to to just dive in and take a chance on what it looks like to do life with other people. People, Because, man, I'm telling you this, if I try to do life by myself, I would jack it up more than I already do with all the people around me. I have a lot of people around me letting me know when I'm doing something stupid. And if they weren't there, man, I would do even more stuff that man, you just you wouldn't understand. This is the question I want us to answer this morning. And we've asked this before and we are going to continue to ask this. But what is the one thing that drives everything? in your life? Is God the one thing that drives everything? Does he, does he drive your, your decisions? Does he drive your relationships? Does he, does he drive your, your work? All the stuff that you do in your life, is he the one thing that drives everything? And then the, the secondary question I want to ask is, what does it look like for you to take your next step? If He is the one thing that drives everything, then then what is He calling you to do next? And if He's not the one thing that drives everything, what step can you take to to put Him back in the right place in your life? What would it look like for you? We're going to talk about the church this morning, and I want you to, to know that the church is God's idea, and it's also His plan A. It is his plan, A, to redeem the world unto himself. And maybe you're thinking, well, why would he choose sinful, imperfect people? And we're going to get there, and I want you to continue to ask that question. But church is his idea, and it is his plan, A, to introduce people who are far from God unto himself so that they know his love. And maybe... For so long, man, this has been the case. You could invite some of your friends to church, and they're like, I want nothing to do with that. I want nothing to do with any type of organized religion. I want nothing to do with what, what church has become. And, and I want to be honest with you that, that churches can be pretty bad. That I know that, that there's some people that have been kicked out of church because they had tattoos. Right? There's been some people uh, shunned because they like to, to drink a beer on a Friday night. There's been some people that have been kicked out because they went through a, a divorce or whatever it may be. And instead of the church wrapping their arms around people, they begin to push people away. Instead of the church actually loving people, they begin to become um, really religious and legalistic and all these different things that some of you may have experienced and for so long the church has just gotten it wrong. Now, with that said, there's some really good churches. With that said, the church is still making a difference. With that said, the church is still God's plan A to redeem the world unto Himself. The church is God's idea. The church is full of hypocrites. Can can I get an amen on that? Amen. We're we're full of hypocrites. And that's that's what you may hear sometimes when you invite people to church. Well, the church is just full of hypocrites. And you could say, you're exactly right. And I think you would fit in with our church. Like, it'd be great because we're all imperfect people. See, the church is like an emergency room. Just take a look around at the people around you. Some of the people in this room, man, it took them two and a half hours to get ready this morning. And this is the best they could do. Like, this is it. Right? We're all messy people. And we bring our best self to church and we're still jacked up. And we're all coming together because we need something. And what we need is the hope of Jesus. And together, we begin to to focus on Him He becomes the one thing that drives everything. And we build a community of of faith, a community of believers, a family where we can begin to take steps following after Jesus. I want you to know when I say next step of faith, it is a next step following after Jesus because here's the reality. If we're not taking steps following after Jesus, then we're not following after Jesus. You can't follow someone if you're not taking steps to follow. So is He the one thing that drives everything? And what does it look like for you to take your next step? Even in this glorious mess of a church, God invites us to really be in community and to know Him, the Almighty God. Matthew 16, Jesus calls the disciples to really what is sin city in this time. Not the holy place, not some great No, he calls them to like the worst place that he could call them. And they get together and he's like, hey, who do people say that I am? And they they give some answers. You're a smart dude. You're a good teacher. You're this, you're this. And then he looks at his disciples and says, who do you say that I am? And guess who's going to answer? Peter, because Peter always talks first and he always talks most. And every now and then when you talk the most and you talk first, you're going to get it right. And we're going to see that Peter gets it right in verse 16, Matthew 16, 16. It says, Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. Now, the rock here is not Peter. The rock here is the the proclamation that Jesus is who He says He is. What what God built His church on is not Peter. He's not the rock. The rock is the gospel of Jesus. It's that He is the Son of God. That is the rock. And we know that Peter's not the rock because just a, a a few months after this, Jesus is sharing the gospel with the disciples about being arrested and being beaten and being crucified and then coming back to life on the third day. And Peter rebukes him. Peter's pretty much anti-gospel at this point. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. He co- Man, if you think I offend you, Jesus is calling this dude Satan. So we know that this is not the rock. It wasn't Peter. It's the, it's the proclamation of, of the gospel, and he says, I will build my church. And the word church here is ecclesia, and what that means is it wasn't even a religious term. What it meant was a, a group of people called out on purpose. That there's a group of people called out, and they have a purpose. That is what this word means. And he says, And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. In other words, God is going to use people, God is going to use people, us, believers, to do things that will change people's lives forever. God invites us into His story. God invites us to to take part in life change for other people. And maybe you're sitting here right now and you're thinking, man, I don't have anything to offer. And I would say that you are positioned perfectly for God to use you to make a kingdom difference. Because He has a purpose for you. But are we willing to take our next step? We're going to be in Ephesians 3 and 4 this morning. And I got to admit something to you because my brain works differently than some people's brains. But we were going to start in verse 20. And if you if you look at verse 20, it says now to him. But we're not starting in verse 20, because when I see now then I want to know well what happened before now. So then if you if you go back to verse 14, it says for this reason. And I'm like, okay, well, something happened before this because it's for this reason. So we need to back up a little farther. So we're going to start in verse one um, of chapter three. But I'm going to just I'm going to give you a summary of verses one through five. And then we'll, we'll pick up in 6. But in Ephesians 3, 1-5, Paul is just reminiscing that God called him into the gospel ministry. And he's basically saying, who am I that you would allow me to, to share the gospel? Who am I that you would use me to teach others the truth of who you are? And he's just reminiscing. And he says, you have revealed to me some mysteries that have been hidden for ages. And then we pick up in verse 6, and it says this. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. This is what he's saying, that you and I are connected as a body. This is language that he uses for the church, that as Christ followers, we are one body, that Christ is the head of that body, and we are just different parts, different members of the body. But I also want you to see this, that your initiation into the body of Christ, into the church, is not a membership class, It isn't you coming down front, that your initiation into the body of Christ, it says, is through the gospel. That the gospel is your initiation into the body of Christ. That you can come to Impact 101, you can come down here, and it doesn't make you a member of the body of Christ. Now that is a program that we have put in place to be a a member of this local expression of the church but to be a member of the capital C, the body of Christ, the church, it is all about the gospel. It is you understanding your need of a Savior and taking a step of accepting that into your life and beginning to follow after Jesus. It's believing that when He pushed up on His nail-pierced feet and said, it is finished, that it counted for you. That somehow it counted for you. Verse 7 says, of this gospel I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of His power. To me, though, I am the very least of all the saints. And this verse resonates with me. This grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Paul saying, man, I am the very least of all the saints. Who am I that you would allow me to do this? Who am I that you would allow me to teach you? I can't get over the gospel. First of all, I can't get over the fact that He saved me at all. Because I'm not worthy of that whatsoever. And then I can't get over the fact that He decided to use me to to teach at all or to lead at all or to do anything that He uses me to do. Why would He choose me? And the answer is because He's a good dad and He loves me. And that's the same answer for you. When we become children of God, Man, I want you to know that he's a good dad. He's a good dad. And maybe some of you, you're thinking, well, my dad wasn't very good, and and that's just a bad picture for you. It's a bad memory for you. And I want you to know that, man, that is nothing like our Heavenly Father. That our Heavenly Father is full of love and full of grace and full of mercy. And then that's the kind of dad I want. And he is a good father who loves his kids. If you knew the craziness that goes on in here, and some of you may think y'all know me pretty well, but man, if y'all really knew everything that went on in here, two things would happen. One, you would say, I'm never coming to that church again because he's crazy. Or two, you would feel better about yourself coming here, right? There's just some craziness happening. But God says, hey, I know all the crazy and I still want to use you. He knows all your crazy and He still wants to use you. Verse 9 says, and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan. And if you have your Bible, I don't want you to underline the plan. And bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. And here's, here's how He accomplishes the plan. So that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus, our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. Here's what this is saying. The plan to communicate to the world that Jesus came on a rescue mission for us is the church. The church is God's plan to communicate the gospel. Do you believe that? Do you believe that you are a part of the plan to communicate the gospel to the world? The church declares and demonstrates that we can boldly access the Father. That we don't need another person. We don't need a ritual. That we have direct access to the Father because of Jesus. And the church, we are God's plan A to, to declare and to demonstrate the gospel to the world. And then he says, for this reason. So because the church has been established as God's plan A, Paul says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father. So he, he's praying for the church from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner Being he's saying, I am praying for you, and this is what he's praying for you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. Who wants some of that? Who wants some inner being, spirit, power? All this I don't even know what that means, but I I know I need it. He's praying that you're strengthened by the spirit in your inner being. That's it here. It's some power that's just coming from the Spirit. Man, we we want that Holy Spirit power in our life. And this is what Paul is praying, and this is what I am praying for, Impact Church, that we be strengthened with power through His Spirit in our inner being. Verse 17 says, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And the way we would say this is so that you would know God's love. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love, the way we would say that is so that you would grow in God's love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints. Now, let me tell you something. According to the New Testament, all believers, you are the saints. So when we see the saints, it's talking about the believers. It's not talking about specific people that are special people, right? It's talking about all the believers. We are the saints. That's going to We're doing a review later, so you need to remember that. To comprehend this, to comprehend what? To comprehend what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. This is what Paul is praying, is that you comprehend as the saints, as believers, that you comprehend the love of God, that you have a relationship with Him, that you know His love, not just knowledge about Him, that you have a personal, intimate relationship with the Savior of the world. He is praying that, and then He is praying for discipleship, for growth. And over the last 500 years or so, something has happened where discipleship has been equated with knowledge. But the Bible is really clear and discipleship is not measured by knowledge. It is measured by love. Discipleship isn't how much you know, it's how much you grow in love with God. Are you growing? Are you taking steps of faith? What's the greatest commandment of them all? It is to love God with with all, with everything that we have. You can know all there is to know about God and you can spend an eternity apart from Him. Because it's not just head knowledge. It is a relationship with Him. Now, don't get me wrong. Right theology matters. Because you can't rightly love someone that you don't rightly know, right? I could write a song for Ashley, and I know a lot about her, and I could write a song for her, and let's just be honest, it would be amazing. And it would kind of sound like maybe... Let's see, it sounds like Morgan Wallen mixed with some Taylor Swift probably. Like, it'd be a pretty awesome song. And I could, I could write it about how I love her and how beautiful she is and like her long red hair. And guess what? She would hate that song. And the reason she would hate that song is because she ain't got red hair. So she say, hey, this is a good song, but it ain't about me. Right? So right theology matters. We really need to, to know rightly about who God is. But even more important, in that man we just need to know him we need to know him and understand the the depths of his love verse 20 we are to the sermon now verse 20 now because the church is established as God's plan a because we we understand that we are to declare and to demonstrate the gospel because we can now comprehend the the amazing love of God that surpasses all understanding. Now, verse 20, now to Him, God, who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us, to Him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. It says, now to Him. So let me tell you what it's not based on. It's not based on personality. It's not based on a program. It's not based on strategy. It's not based on any of that. You know what? It's based on Him. They're based on Him because He has the power because it's all about Him. It always has been. It always will be. It is about Him. And He does far more abundantly than all we ask or think. Here's the truth for me. God has already done far more abundantly than I could ever ask or thank with Impact Church. There's been people that have come to know Jesus over the last three and a half years. Multiple people. And I was just hoping that we could have one person whose life would be changed. And that would make it successful to me. And we've had multiple people come to know who He is. We've had multiple people recommit their life to Him. We've had multiple marriages restored. We've had multiple people who just found community. We've had multiple people who were hurt by church to find their way back and and be healed and restored to a community of faith. He's already outdone anything that I could have imagined or thought for Impact Church. But what if? What if the limiting factor in all that he does in our life and in our church is that we just, we aren't dreaming big enough. That we are the limiting factor of what happens in our church and in our life. That we don't really believe that big things can happen. And Paul is saying, hey, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than we could ever ask, than we could ever think, than we could ever imagine. And here's the power that he's talking about. The word here, the Greek word is dynamite. I don't know if you've ever, anybody ever played with dynamite before or not played, used it. OK, cool. So I've never I've never had the privilege of using dynamite before. Uh, but if any of you guys have some, invite me and I think that'd be the coolest day of my life. So but that's what this word means. And, and it's it's pretty powerful, right? They blow stuff up with it and they can blow a lot of stuff up. Like it's it's a pretty big deal. Here's the power of God, though, in in relation to that that the power of God did this. It took Jesus from the grave and resurrected Him back to life. The, The power of God took the righteousness of His Son and imputed it into you as a believer so that you could be considered righteous. The power of God sent the Holy Spirit to dwell in us. This is the power of God that He's talking about. He's not talking about just some stick of dynamite. He's talking about the Creator of the world who raised Jesus from the dead. That's the power that he's talking about. And he says this, it's within us. The power at work within us. As believers, as the church, the power of God is within us. Have you ever wondered why God uses us? Like, he doesn't need us, right? Like He could do anything He wants. And this is all I can think about. Is that as a parent, When I'm doing some work or I'm trying to put something together, occasionally I'll say, hey, to one of my kids, do you want to come help me put this together? Knowing that they're not going to be helpful at all, that they're going to be aggravating and frustrating, and it's probably going to take me more time to put it together. But good parents, what they say is, hey, why don't you come and help me do this? Why don't you just come here and help? And that's all I can think about is that God loves us enough that he would say, hey, why don't you come and help? Why don't you help with this mission? It's like the churches take your kid to work day all the time until Jesus comes back. And it's the work of God. It's His mission. And He's allowing us to take part in the mission. And not only to take part, but to be His plan A. And then it says, in the church. And this is the part of this verse that people, they skip this part says, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church. The church is God's plan. And then he says this, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. This is what he's saying the church is for everybody. The church is for everybody. For all imperfect people. If you're imperfect, the church is for you. It is for everyone. And in this time, there were were different races, mainly Jews and Gentiles, and there was a literal wall of hostility that you can read about in Ephesians chapter 2. There was a wall of hostility that was up. And it says the gospel knocks that thing down. The gospel knocks down the wall of hostility. There's no more of that. We are, we are one people together under Him. The church should be a place that shows the world's unity. Now we have an amazing opportunity to show the world what it looks like to be unified. But, let's go back to this. We are a mess. The church is full of sinners. Full of, of messy people. Take a look at the person next to you. Just look at them really quick. They, they got some sin in their life that you don't even know about right now. They are more sinful than you could ever imagine. Like, they got some stuff going on up here that you don't, even, you don't even know. And when you get a bunch of messiness together, guess what happens? Mess. Like, that's just what happens. And even in the mess, God, He says, hey, let's come together as a family, as a body, as, as my plan A. Write this down if you're taking notes. Don't let our messiness cause us to miss the mission. Don't allow the messiness of church to cause us to to miss the mission of the church because it's going to be messy. Verse 4 says, There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Paul is saying it's not about you. It's about the mission of God, which is the glory of God. Now, maybe you're trying church out, and that's cool. You could try church out, but this is what I would tell you. When you finally get somewhere and you connect with the church, then it's all about the glory of God. It's not about you being entertained. It's not about what songs you like. It's not about the style you like. It's about the glory of God. And we come together as a local expression of the body and we give Him glory. That's what we do. Our lives are for His story and His glory. Verse 8, Therefore it says, When He ascended on high, He led a host of captives and He gave gifts to men. In parentheses, in saying He ascended, what does it mean but that he had also descended into the lower regions of the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. That's pretty self explanatory. We'll keep moving. I'm just kidding. That is very confusing. Let me tell you what it means. It means Jesus didn't make it about himself. That's what this means that Jesus did not make it about himself, that it was all about God. That in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus was like, hey, if Oprah's right and all roads lead to heaven, please let this cup of wrath pass. From me Because this is going to be bad. And then he says, hey, but not my will, your will be done. And that is what we do as a church. We say, hey, not not my will, not our will, but your will be done. It is for the glory of God. Verse 11, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers. This is a way to think about this. It's really easy. This is like the staff of the church. It's the fivefold ministry of the church is what they call it. And it's just different, different job functions of the church. And guess what our job is as the staff? Verse 12. To equip the saints. Review. Who are the saints? That's correct. Very good. I told you it was a quiz. To equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ. This is what Paul says. "Is I'm not in ministry. You are. Paul says that, that my job is to equip you to do ministry are you doing ministry if you're not man, we have opportunities for you here to jump in and to serve we have we have serve teams in all kinds of different areas and if you're interested you can go to the next steps table at the end of service and i dare you to just look through and to pick something and to jump in and to begin to serve and to begin to do ministry but not just in the church, it's to be equipped to be a missionary wherever you go. Charles Spurgeon says this, every Christian is either a missionary or an imposter. I'm going to read that again. Every Christian is either a missionary or an imposter. Are you sharing the gospel wherever you go? Verse 13, until we attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of, of the stature of the fullness of Christ. This is, this is what he's saying. You need to grow. You need to grow. And how do you grow? As you become a part of a community. You do it together. This is what I want you to know, that church isn't just a place to attend. It is a family to belong to. Church isn't just a place to attend. It is a family to belong to. And if you're not growing, I I would say this and I would challenge you. I don't think you're doing it right. Like I just don't think you're doing this whole Christ follower thing right. If you're not growing spiritually, then something's out of alignment and we need to get it back in alignment. We're going to close with this. Verse 15 says, Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into Him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. It's Paul saying, hey man, here's the deal. Here's the truth. Here's the summary. Is that we are a body. We are are a body working together. We are different parts and we all need to be working properly so that the church can complete and fulfill its mission of making a kingdom different. So that the church can can really declare and demonstrate the gospel so that the church can show the world what unity really looks like. So are you growing? I had somebody ask, hey man, I heard you're doing a building campaign, and I said, Well, not exactly. And we're we're doing a campaign. They we were calling on an initiative and he got confused. He was like, well, what are you building? And I didn't really know what to say. And I said, we're building the body of Christ. Like, that's what we're building. Like More than anything else, our job is to build up the body of Christ. The, the, facilities matter, right? We're going to use facilities to facilitate ministry. Like we need facilities to do that. But the, the primary goal for us is to build up the kingdom of God, to build up the church, to equip the saints to do what God has called us to do. In the body of Christ, everybody counts. Here's the question. Are you maturing? Because as you do ministry, God will mature you. As you do ministry, God will mature you. It is His, it's His Spirit that does that. I can't teach you anything. My job is to expose you to the Scriptures. That's all I can do. And then somehow there's like this Holy Spirit wall right here and as it goes out, it's the Holy Spirit's job to expose you to the Scriptures. I can't do that part. Man, but I believe that as we continue to to do this thing together, that the Holy Spirit will begin to expose us to more and more of who God is. And as we grow and as we mature and as we continuously take steps to follow after Jesus, man, our life will be forever different. You know that when you become a parent, the Bible the Bible changes for you. And this is what I mean, that when, when you become a parent, you begin to see the gospel from the lens of the father instead of from the lens of the lost kid. And you begin to understand why God would say, or why it's in John, for God so loved the world that he gave because we would give anything for our kids. And he gave us his everything in Jesus. The Bible changes, man, when you become a parent. I'm telling you. And and parenting, think about this. Think about when when your kid takes a step, his first step. Man, we're we're just waiting and we're waiting and we're waiting. And they finally crawl up and they and they stand up and they're looking around and they like see the world from a different point of view for the first time ever because they're not on the ground, they're standing up and they look over like, hey, I know you. Maybe not you. And man, it's just, it's so cool. And you're like, hey, come on. Come on. Take a step. Take a step. And for some reason God made their heads so huge like they can't keep their balance. So like they start walking and then you know their head pulls them over. And what we don't do is we don't go to them and say, hey, why didn't you keep walking? Why didn't you keep taking steps? No, we celebrate the steps that they took. And God, he celebrates every step that we take as his kids. And what he doesn't do is he doesn't look at you and say, what are you doing? Why didn't you keep taking steps? No, he celebrates the steps and he helps us back up. Man, it's funny because the first 18 months of your kid's life, you're like, come on, come on, talk walk, talk, walk. And then the next 16 and a half years, you're, you're saying, hey, sit down, shut up, sit down, shut up. And that's just how it works as parents. But so here's the truth. God has a mission through us as the church, but he also has a mission to us. And it is to continuously take steps of faith for him. Are you taking those steps of faith? Are you taking, what is your next step of faith? For some of you, it's, it's to, to join a group. You haven't joined a group, and, and that's, your, that's your next step. And we have a we have financial piece coming up as a focus group starting at the end of this month. And then in October, we have a, a small group starting called Circle Up. It's just going to be a group about groups. It's going to be a group that talks about what a, what a small group is, how to be a, an engaged small group, small group participant, how to be a leader in small groups. And that's starting in October. You'll have some more information about that. There's a women's group that meets every month. The men's group that meets every month. At the beginning of the year, we're launching a couple new groups. And we we have opportunities for you. Maybe that's your next step. For some of you, maybe it's just a membership here at Impact Church that you've been here, and you've been you've been thinking about it. You've been talking about it, but you haven't made that decision. Maybe for some of you, you feel the call to ministry. And your next step is to say, hey, I, I feel that call to ministry, and I want to I take that next step, whatever that may look like. I want to commit myself to the gospel ministry. And for a lot of us, it's going to be this. And I know you haven't seen this yet, but this is a commitment card that we're going to fill out together as a church. And on the last Sunday of this month, we're going we're gonna to take this card, and we're going to We're going to write something on it. And we're going to commit to give God a portion of our finances over the three years of this initiative. And for some of you, for the very first time, you're going to be like, wait a minute. Like the finances I have, that's not all mine. Like I didn't, I worked for this money. I, I can't keep it all. And you're going to realize that it's all his. And for the first time ever, you're going to commit to give him a portion of what he has given you. Whatever your next step is, today is the day for you to say, hey, I'm ready. Thank you for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast. For this and other messages, visit us online at impactharlem.org. In the meantime, you can subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it on iTunes, and share it with your friends on social media. Once again, thanks for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast.